Hello, hello. I'm here, and I have a guest with me. No offense, but it sounds like some fucking commie gobbledygook. Hello. hello. Hey, it's good to be here. Is my mic working? Yes, you, you sound oh, okay. really fine. Awesome. It is great to be here. Um, that intro, I had never seen that video before. It was really good, but holy crap, was it long. <laughs> it was only three minutes. It felt like an eternity. <laughs> uh, that was that was by Pogo. He actually has a pretty good repertoire of uh, songs uh, that he's created himself using sound clips from Disney, uh, some from some other movies, and one of Data and Picard from Star Trek: The Next oh. Generation. Is it is that the one where it's like eight one seven three five six nine? Is it that song? Because that song is amazing. Yes, that that is yeah. Pogo. I okay, yeah, I love that song. <laughs> All right, I'll have to check out more of his stuff now. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the one that I played is from 2010, I believe. So. Oh crap! Okay. Yeah. Dude's been. Uh, he's an OG. <laughs> he's been around since 2007. <clears throat> yeah, that's a uh, that's good tenure right there. It is. And uh, earlier we were talking about uh, some videos that you sent me and one that I had picked out. I literally could only find one that would be of interest. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I sent you like seven, but I doubt any of them are really that good. <laughs> it was more like, uh, I've got 12 minutes to send you some video ideas. So here you go. <laughs> I mean... I'm definitely curious what you picked, though, because, you know. 
Uh, I, I know one, what I picked. Yeah, the first one we're going to do, though, uh, is one that is both near and dear to both of our hearts. Oh, man. I have a good feeling about this. Is this oh, one yeah. here? Yeah, this is really good. I don't have the ability to pause. Oh, no, I, I have that ability. So Okay, just I'm just saying, like, so I'll, tr- I'll try not to talk too much unless you pause. So I don't talk over it. Yeah, and but this is this is really good, actually. Let's see. All right, here we go. Sticking to the 2010 theme. By the dark side of the Force. The Force. The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. Found in all living things, around us, flows from us, uh, controls individuals. Yet we have free will. We have a destiny if we want to follow it. We live for a reason and must discover what it is. It looks like it was done when I started episode one. Oh, can you pause it already? It looks like it. Yeah. All right. So, like, I really dig what he just read out there about the fact that it's like, apparently, because I think this is when the uh, episode three was being made. This is like the behind the scenes of episode three, if I'm not mistaken. And I like the fact that he sat down and wrote out these tenets of like, everyone has to have free will even though the force binds everything together and is almost a, like, because it's almost like there is no free will because the force, but George Lucas himself is like, no, no, no. The force actually doesn't do that. Like the force doesn't stop your free will. Yeah, it doesn't. And uh, that can also be shown whenever Qui-Gon tries to use uh, Jedi mind tricks on Watto and it doesn't work. Because Watto, yeah. he's impervious to it because I forget yeah, the same whole with, reasoning. Um, well, I mean, there's just a few alien races that aren't. Because it only works, they established in A New Hope that it only works on the weak-minded. So, like, uh, they, because in episode six, uh, Luke tries to use it on Jabba, and it doesn't work. He laughs at him. That's um, true. Yeah, so, like, there's just certain people it just won't work on because they have a uh, strong will. <clears throat> but, strong uh, will and also yeah. um, Watto's strong will would probably be making money <laughs> I mean yeah he's a junk trader yeah I'm assuming he, he to me he's like a, a used car salesman that like tries to scam people and so he's like no 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 I'm the one that plays tricks <laughs> you ain't playing tricks on me <laughs> yeah and yeah. it's also funny that he points out that Oh, you're waving your hand around like a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. that's a dude. That that's one of the good parts of Episode One. I have a lot of problems with it, but I do like Watto. Watto's great, and I love that he showed up in Episode Two as well. Even though he had a very very small yeah. part. Yeah, but it, it was nice. But what I what I was getting at really, like, I don't remember every single thing he just read out there. But I I the the free will. And the fact that the force... If you don't mind backing it up and l- letting us listen to that again, that'd be great. Uh, uh, and then I'll, I'll say what I was going to say. Because it, ha- it has to do with the fact that I think Disney didn't take to heart what George Lucas... Want- there, there's actually a quote by George Lucas where he said, I really hope the force doesn't just become some gobbledygook. And that was after he sold the movie uh, rights. And yeah. And I really think it became gobbledygook. Let's see. Let's see what he said here. Yes, let's see. Controls individuals, yet we have free will. 
controls individuals, yet we have free will. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think that's an important tenet because the Force can, like you were saying with uh, the use of... Um, it's not mind control, it's suggestion. It's it's that you can suggest things, you know, like, hey, I think you don't want to sell me death sticks. Hey, I, these aren't the droids you're looking for. You know, like, it's not, I can literally just dominate your mind. No. It's more of persuasion using mm-hmm. uh, a, the, the force to cloud your judgment in ways that would normally go against what you believe. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I think that's a really good way to put it. Let's see what the other tenants were that he put here. We have a destiny if we want to follow it. We live for. We have a destiny if we want to follow it. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. What's he followed it up with, though? Reason and must discover what it is. Oh, okay. We, if I'm not mistaken, you just said we have a reason, but we have to discover what it is. Yes, he did. Okay, see, that's good. So it's like, we have a destiny, but we have to choose to follow it, because there's the force doesn't override free will. And we have, we have uh, a reason to exist, but you have to discover what it is, because the force isn't just going to tell you. Yeah, no, you have to... You have to find it on your own but let the force guide you along your way. Mm-hmm. And but, see, these are like, you no, know, go ahead, go ahead. But making your own choices along the way as well, because your choices will affect how the force guides you. Yeah. See, I think all that makes perfect sense. So like, I'm really glad the main thing, even I know we're not finished quite yet with what his lists are, but I just, I love the fact that he took time to be like, no, here's, we're going to submit the force. You know, we're not going to let it be all powerful. It's powerful, but it's not all, it's not, uh, it's not omni, you know, it's not, that might not even be the right word. It's not word, omnipotent, like. omnipresent. Well, yeah. the is omnipresent, it's not yeah, omnipotent. Yeah, omnipresent. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, it is omnipresent, though, because it is in everything. Everything has the four, except the Jing Bong, that's getting into a whole nother, <laughs> let's not go into that, because <laughs> that's, that's real complicated. It was canon for a while, and George Lucas put his uh, seal of approval on it. Yes, he did. Well, yeah, the reason I don't want to go into it is because then we're going to crack open a whole mess of worms that I love about that series. Um, but that just gets into really deep philosophy. And I, at, the, at this moment, I don't want to go into that because it's, it's deep. It's a lot. It's a lot to go over. That's understandable. Also, this was at the Clone, War- Clone Wars writing meeting. So, oh, so this uh, is episode two. Okay. No, that's Attack of the Clones. Uh, the Clone oh. Wars is the animated series. Oh. No, I don't know if it's the Tartakovsky or the Filoni uh, series, but that looks like Tartakovsky mm. right there. So it's probably the. Oh, the, oh yeah. The, oh, dude, I love that. I love those two D animation. I like it a lot better than the uh, the new version. To be honest, I, I think it did better with the characters. Well, both are canon. Yeah. So both oh, both. One another. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, because yeah. it's mainly, okay. it's mainly because Ventress shows up in the Tartakovsky version, and that's where she originated. Yeah, uh, besides the novels, right. and so they carried Ventress over into the three D Clone Wars series. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I remember that. My main reason I think I like the two D version better 
uh, is because of the handling of Grievous. Um, because if you just watch episode three, Grievous is dumb. He's an absolute dumb character. But if you watch this animated series, the 2D animated series beforehand, he is a menace. Like, he is something to be reckoned with. Doing backflips and stuff. Yeah, and killing Jedi like it's nothing. And then the only reason <clears throat> that he's able to even really be fought is because Mace Windu crushed his lungs right before the movie started. And so that, to me, really put a nice little bow on it uh, to make it make sense where the 3D animated one makes him look like a coward the whole time. And I don't like it. It just makes him a dumb character. <clears throat> I, don't, I think they didn't even explain why he has the coughing fits in the 3D. I, I don't think so. If remember, I I haven't watched the final season, but uh, I watched everything before they brought it back. And yeah, I don't remember them ever addressing it. It was more of just part of his character, and he runs away from people. So maybe the last season does, but I didn't watch it. I'm trying to remember because I've seen the last season, though I did skip like three episodes because they didn't cater to the final season whatsoever in their plot. You'll oh, know wow. whenever you watch them. Okay, I mean, I will watch them, but that's that's sad to be like, hey, we revived you for literally one season so you could finish this up, because you know, they, they even when they got cancelled were like, we're not actually done, we need one more season, and they're like, okay, here it is, here's your last season, and they're like, here's some filler. Like, what? <laughs> what? No, yeah. no, use your time wisely. Jeez. Well, they were trying to tie it into the Ahsoka novel, and they did a poor job of a poor job of it because even the Ahsoka novel at this point it has been decanonized due to Bad Batch and the final season itself. So, oh crap! I don't think I ever read that one. You don't have to. I've yeah, apparently, but I mean, because I I tried to read some of the new Star Wars books, but. I've only read a few of them. I liked one, and I still can't remember which one that was. It might have been Tarkin. That might have been the one I liked. Well, I also I like the um, the new Thrawn trilogy. Well, I can't say that. I, I like the first Thrawn book. I, I read the second one, but I don't really remember it well enough. The only, I thing, I remember the from, the only thing I remember from the Tarkin book was that there, it was mentioned offhandedly that he'd beaten a Wookiee barehanded. <sighs> Yeah, which makes no sense, yeah. there's But there's other good stuff in there. But yes, sure. there's definitely a few moments that is like, this is stupid. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Like, the coming-of-age ceremony on his planet is an amazing plot point to make. Oh, dude, yes. That was probably the best part of the book. Uh, yeah, the survival in the woods, like, where he actually learned to live primitively and hunt creatures and live... Uh, that was, yeah, that was the highlight of the book. That's the reason I liked the book. Uh, everything around it kind of faded from memory. Yeah, it, it has. And I wish it had been written better though, because if it had focused on the trial of becoming, uh, a man in his culture more, it would have mm -hmm. been a better book, but then it had the filler that, showed him rising to the title of Moth and everything else, which is cool. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we needed to actually go that far. I don't think we needed to connect it all the way to the movie. No. Um, yeah. And Bad Batch right now has introduced Tarkin uh, within the first episode, by the way. 
Um, Fun. And, I mean, it lives up to his character of not liking the clones. I mean, that's good. The thing is, I, I worry about Disney or any modern writer taking the beloved nostalgic characters and shoehorning them into something and then just butchering them because that's all that has happened so far is they're like hey here's this old character you loved and then they butcher them so, so I, i'm worried about that what we need in this current day is a fan of the original movies mm-hmm. that knows the lore mm-hmm. and have them write but write it as though they were writing it back in the 80s that's, yeah, that sounds difficult to do, though. But uh, what, what's his name? The guy that made the uh, Mandalorian and the Clone Wars? Uh, uh, Dave Favre? Filoni. Filoni. Dave, Filoni. Dave Filoni made the Clone Wars uh, mm-hmm. 3D series, and then Filoni and uh, Favreau made the Mandalorian. But right now, it's seeming that the Bad Batch is going to be pretty much just another Mandalorian. Okay. Well, you know, Filoni... Uh, George Lucas went on record at some point and said Filoni is the only person he's ever met that understands Star Wars as well as he does. So, like, that's a really, really big compliment. Yeah, that is a very big compliment. And honestly, seeing how Filoni is now with how he's taking orders from Disney, I don't know about giving him the reins fully of Star Wars, but have him implement his own touches here and there that call back to George's stuff. Yeah, I I really don't know what to say about it. Um, Because everything I've seen with since Disney took over, I just, aside from Rogue One, and I didn't even like Rogue One, but Rogue One definitely seemed to be the best thing that they've made since Disney took over. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it, it's redeemable. Rogue uh, One, Rogue yeah. One, I liked as a war movie, not as a Star Wars movie. I literally I had see to that. separate it. I had to separate it whenever I watch it. I'm like, it has an overlay of Star Wars, mm-hmm. but it's a war movie through and through. And it's got the aesthetic. Yeah, I, I would like to see the original version before they did reshoots. Um. Because apparently it was supposed to be even more like almost like Saving Private Ryan, but in the Star Wars universe. And like that would be really interesting. But apparently Disney was like, oh, it's too dark. It's too dark. We got to reshoot stuff. And it's like, wait, why didn't you just come on? It could have been good. <laughs> because they have the false mindset of it is a children's movie first. And yeah. Yeah. It- it's a children's movie second. Uh, it just it, to me like I hate when and even George Lucas has said that it's made for kids and I hate that because I'm like no 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 dude you made this movie because you want to make a really good movie kids happen to love it that's the thing it's not that it's made for them it's that it appeals to them exactly I mean, come on, you know f- magic powers and sh- laser swords and and guns and you know like, I mean there's so many things that it's like yeah as a kid you're like this is awesome you know but it's not made for kids it's just appealing exactly and it's basically just the original trilogy is great because it is the hero's journey mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You see the hero start out from nothing, and by the end of it, uh, at episode six, Luke has become a Jedi Master and understands the Force better than he did originally, though he still has some ways to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, the prequels starts with a hero's journey, but it shouldn't. It's supposed to be a tragedy, and you see that throughout. And that's why I say that episode two should have been the start point is because if you start yeah. at the peak of Anakin's power, which is yes, the there would the be more Wars, of a tragedy. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And you would sympathize yeah. with him more whenever he turns into Vader. Mm-hmm. I, but I also understand why George wanted to start him as a kid so that it because if it had been executed well. That would also be more heartbreaking, right? Is that we saw him as a fun-loving, happy child, and then we get to the point that he's murdering children. And it's like, holy crap, that's terrible. Uh, It just wasn't executed as well. And I think you're right, though. I think starting from the Clone Wars might have gone better. Like, Uh, we can play the the what-if game. You can play the what-if game all day. Yeah. Let's, Let's see what else he has to say about the Force. Okay. Like it was done when I started episode one. Oh, okay. Because it looks like it's referring to episode one. And a lot of this, like this thing about the forest, you know, and all living things that surround us is really just a a, a capsule of what was said in uh, episode five. It it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. The core of the force. I mean, you got the dark side, the light side. One is selfless, one is selfish. And you want to keep them in balance. What happens when you go to the dark side is it goes out of balance and then you get really selfish and you forget about everybody and you ultimately lead yourself because when you get selfish, you get stuff or you want stuff. And when you want stuff and you get stuff, then you get are afraid somebody's going to take it away from you, whether it's a person or a thing or a, a particular pleasure. That, yeah, that that can be seen in yeah, Anakin's no. character. Yeah, isn't that so good? It's such a good characterization of what the dark side is. And like, I of course, this is coming straight from freaking George Lucas, where the reason I actually like this video a lot is because I feel like when Disney took over, they didn't think about what the force was. And they were just like, it's magic. And it's like, no, 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 there's a lot more to it. It's not just magic. There's, there's... It, it, it's like he said there where it's like the one side is selfish and the other side is selfless and the balance is if you're too selfish exactly that's, yeah, that's when it's out of balance that's like you can see that in Anakin's character you can also see it in um, Mace's character as well because he straddles the line between light and dark because he's mm-hmm. selfish in wanting to preserve the republic but at the same time he's selfless because he wants to preserve the life of the citizens of the republic yeah well see that's the thing right that's what makes him a jedi is because george lucas and i think he goes on to basically say this his idea of balance is not they're both in perfect harmony it's that there's not too much dark side it's not that there's too much selfishness because like philosophically you can argue some strong points about selflessness actually being kind of selfish um that's a that's a tough one but like because there's 
there, there's I've, I've had plenty of debates with people about um, the fact that there really is no such thing as selflessness because everything you're doing, if it is considered a quote unquote selfless act is actually for selfish intentions because it makes you feel good to do good things. So like, yeah. I, I like to think that kind of that's where George is going with this is that it's like, yeah, you don't, you know, balance is not that one side is destroyed or the other, uh, or that they're both an equal tandem. It's that they're just, you just can't be too selfish. And I, I think I'm actually saying it wrong, to be honest. Well, if you look at Anakin's character, he's mm-hmm. selfish in wanting to save Padme from death in childbirth. Right. Because he's trying to find a way to preserve her life. Right, because uh, when you're selfish, you, he was saying, like he just said, like you get things, you get power and you get things and you don't want people to take them away. And so his selfishness was that he was so concerned with Padme dying that he inevitably killed her. And then killed everyone around him, essentially. <clears throat> like, yeah. just out of out of fear of loss. Yeah, and that's another thing that leads to the dark side is fear. Mm-hmm. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to, what was the last part? Suffering. 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 Mm-hmm. And Anakin that's was... That's exactly what we saw, yeah. Anakin was afraid of losing Padme. That led him to being angry at Obi Wan and mm-hmm. Yoda and the rest the of Jedi. the Jedi, mm-hmm. and then his anger led to hate. He even said it in the final fight with Obi Wan: "I hate you." I hate you. Yeah, yeah, real big moment. And, and then, like, it's so silly to me because it's so silly in the sense that like so many people critique those movies and be like, "Oh, they're so they're so dumb and blah blah blah." And I'm like. Okay, it might not have been executed perfectly, but all of the themes that had been... Oh, God, I said themes. Jeez. <laughs> forget, that. <laughs> forget that I said that. No, 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 no. no the, movies, the movies earn their themes. If a movie can earn the themes or a story okay. can earn the themes... Right, if you say themes so. Are, the themes have uh, earned their place in the story. But if you yeah. build yeah. on themes first instead of story first, you're doing it wrong. Right, which I think that might actually be the problem with the uh, prequels is that they were built on themes first, but the themes built up in four, five, and six were just built upon more in one, two, and three, and like it was nice to see them, but it wasn't executed well. But but like seeing Anakin's whole turn was beautiful. Mainly, like they just showed the Yoda. Uh, talking about the force and then in that same scene he talks about what the dark side is in the speech that you just gave about you know fear leading to anger and all that and we got to actually see that play out and And so i think that is pretty beautiful and the final part of suffering anakin has to suffer in that suit for the rest of his life yeah he does and suffer knowing that uh padme's gone forever that all the jedi are gone forever and it's basically his fault like, that's a lot of suffering. That's a lot of mental turmoil. Like, not just physical, because, yeah, the suit is the physical suffering. But he's also got a lot of mental suffering from all of his actions. <clears throat> exactly. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Also, this is um for the animated series, or the 3D series, because Filoni's uh, off to the right side of George. Cool. Okay. Yeah. 
once you become afraid that somebody's going to take it away from you or you're going to lose it, then you start to become angry, especially if you're losing it. And that anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. Mostly on the part of the person who's selfish because you spend all your time being afraid of losing everything you've got instead of actually living. Where joy, by giving to other people, you can't think about yourself and therefore there's no pain. But the pleasure factor of greed and of selfishness mm -hmm. is a short-lived experience. Therefore, you're constantly trying to replenish it. But of course, the more you replenish it, the harder it is to, so you have to keep upping the ante. You're actually afraid of the pain of not having uh -huh. the joy. So that is ultimately the core of the whole dark side, light side of the force. Um, and everything flows from that. Obviously, the Sith are always unhappy because they never get enough of anything they want. Mostly their selfishness. Yeah, this the Sith never get what they want. Emperor Palpatine got the empire that he wanted. However, he still has people rebelling against him at all times. Mm hmm Yeah. And then he's also constantly afraid that um, Anakin's going to take it from him. He's going to take the whole empire from him. That's why he's never taught him how to do what he said he would be able to do, is extend people's lives or yeah, yeah, even bring them back from the dead because... He can do that. He's learned that from Plagueis. Plagueis. I forget how to pronounce his name. Yeah, Pla yeah, Plagueis. Yeah. <clears throat> because Plagueis originally, in the original canon, not in the new canon, because the new canon has Palpatine creating Anakin in the original what? canon. It's yeah. both. It's supposed to be both. They both sent out their force into, like, um,. Basically, Plagueis was the one that knew how to do it, and he was like, hey, my apprentice, come here and just, like, literally send force energy out. And then Plagueis manipulated it all in order to create Anakin, not not Palpatine. Yeah, <clears throat> he no, was involved, but... Apparently in the new one, it's just Palpatine. I don't... I don't like that. But, I mean, at the same time, that might actually be good, <clears throat> because um, the most... To me, the most vile, evil part of episode three was Palpatine telling Anakin that, hey, you know, with the dark side abilities, you'll be able to save your wife. And then he's like, oh, yeah, OK, I'll do whatever you want. And then as soon as he swears fealty, he's like, yeah, I actually don't know how to do that. Um, maybe together, though, we could figure it out. But first, you need to go kill all the Jedi. You know, and I'm like, that is, like, to me, the most evil thing in the entire movie. And uh, even then, even then, he's like, oh, there's some, there's still some Jedi out there. You gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta kill them all before I can, before I can train you. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, yeah, and your wife's actually dead now. We were too late. And then, you know, time goes on. He's like, oh, yeah, I just, I guess there's no point in teaching you, right? <laughs> It's like, wait, this whole time you were the one that knew how to do it? Like, you actually knew how to do it? Because I always thought it was just a trick. Like, where it's like, Plagueis figured it out, but then Palpatine killed Plagueis before 
uh, Plagueis could teach him because he was because Palpatine was worried that Plagueis was going to uh, basically discover immortality. And he was like, there's no way that I'm going to be subservient to you forever. Exactly. So it's actually kind of it's kind of more evil that he would um, in the new canon. It's kind of more evil that he would be the one that already knew how to do it. And then just lied. <laughs> like, cause that's pretty bad. And then you have Mace over here like, If I wasn't so damn peaceful and in line with the Force, I'd get up and I'd smack the shit out of you. Oh god, what was that? That, sounded, that was awful. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the video later. Um, I don't. I don't know if I want to see it. <laughs> that was awful. Great. Okay. Oh yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. But yeah, let's see what else we got here. Centers around power and control, and the struggle is always to be able to let go of all that stuff. And of course, that's the problem. Anakin always. You're allowed to love people, but you're not allowed to possess them. And what he did is that he. You know, fell in love and then married her and then became jealous. And then he saw in his visions that she was going to die. He couldn't stand losing her. So in order to not lose her, he made a, a pact with the devil to be able to become all-powerful. I am becoming more powerful than any Jedi has ever dreamed of. And I'm doing it for you. But of course, when he did that, she didn't want to have anything to do with him anymore. So he lost her. my heart once you were powerful being able to bring her back from the dead well if i can do that then i can be emperor of the universe i can get rid of the emperor i can do everything i can make everything the way i want it and together you and i can rule the galaxy make things the way we want them to be and once you do that you know you're, you'll never be satiated you're always going to be consumed with this driving desire to have more stuff and be afraid that others are going to take it away from you and of course they are, because every time you get two Sith together, you have the, the, the master, you have the apprentice, and when the apprentice is always trying to recruit another apprentice to join with them to kill the master. Yeah, that, yes, because in Force Awakens, Anakin had the apprentice of Starkiller, and he was plotting to kill the Emperor and take power. And at the same time, the apprentice of Starkiller was plotting to kill Vader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, isn't it? But isn't it great to hear straight from George? Because like, there's so many people who critique uh, George Lucas and say, man, he created this thing, but he really doesn't know what it is that he made. And it's better if he just doesn't touch it. You know, and it's like, it's great to hear straight from his mouth where it's like, yeah, no, he really did make it, and he does understand it. Like it, th it all falls in line with what his vision is. All of it, all of the expanded universe, all of the video games, all of it falls in line with what his intention for what the theme and the story and the idea of the the tenets of the Jedi, the tenets of the Sith. Um, there, but then like to break it down even further to just like their morality. And like what really happens to them on like a just a really relatable level, even though it's fantasy, where it's like, okay, it might be about people trying to conquer the galaxy, but it's like let's we could we could pull that down to something really simple of working in a fast food restaurant 
you know, and being like, well, I'd rather be the, I'd rather be in charge. And then you get in charge and like, that power is not enough. And you start being mean to your subordinates and you try to climb the hierarchy by throwing people under the bus and like all that, you know, it's like you can break it down really well um, in relatable ways. And it's just, it's so good. It's so good to hear it from his mouth. Yeah. And also whenever he tries to recruit Luke to his side, he's like, we can take, we can yeah, kill the you Emperor. and I can rule the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then Luke is so good that he's like, no. <laughs> but the thing is, what the one issue, well, I have many issues with the sequels, but the main issue in Last Jedi is Luke always sees the good in people. Always. He saw the good in his father. He saw the good in everyone around him. Even no, if they not anymore. Didn't have what are you talking good about? Intentions. No, he was going to kill his nephew because he um, thought about evil things. That one time, he yeah. had a dream about killing his dad, and so Luke was like, "I guess I just have to kill you." So no, he doesn't. <laughs> He's a bad guy. Luke's an awful person. Exactly. In the new canon, he's. Yeah, he even cut himself off from the Force and then hid himself on some random ocean planet in order to die. Yeah, he's not hes not a good guy. He's awful. Hey, I even have a clip for this. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of you would think I was crazy if I did this. He's crazy! Oh. Oh, no! <laughs> yes, that is exactly what happened. I thought a lot of you would think that's crazy if I do that. Yes, yes, you are, Ryan. You are insane. Why did you do that? Uh, subversion. I subverted your expectations, didn't I? You thought Star Wars was a good franchise, and I completely turned it on its head. Subverted. But he ruined Anakin's character. He reduced Finn to being comedy relief. I know, I know. It's so sad. Like, because Finn had, to me, in the first movie, Finn had the most potential. I was the most excited for Finn after watching uh, Force Awakens. I was like, dude, this guy is going to be awesome. No, no, he's just a walking joke machine for everybody to point and laugh at. And then he killed off the big bad in the second movie. Mm hmm. Yeah, a little, little, little too early. A little too early. You know, whenever you're making a trilogy, you usually don't kill off the final boss in the midway point. That's usually not a good writing technique. I get what he was trying to do with putting Kylo in place of, uh, what is this? Snoke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like make Kylo the actual uh, big, big bad, bad evil guy. Yeah. That which could have yeah. worked. Yeah, it could have, but for some reason, JJ didn't stick with it, and he just reversed it. Because I actually would have rather, I would have rather them just followed it up and been like, "Yeah, this is the direction we're going now," and like literally just stick to it, hold your guns, you know, and go down in a blazing glory instead of like the crap that we got of just constantly trying. Because like you seriously, like seven was like. Hey, you know everything that came before this? You don't even need to worry about it. And then 8 was like, hey, you know the movie that came before this? Don't even worry about it. And then 9 was like, hey, you know that movie that came before us? Don't even worry about it. 
And like yeah. just completely, they just kept throwing trash away in a sense where they're like, yeah, all that stuff is just garbage. Here's the new canon. Each like, movie. Like you've said before, you don't even have to watch eight. You just got to watch seven and nine. Right. Yeah. Seven and nine. Uh, and then uh, I think it was Mahler that said, uh, yeah, just watch seven and nine and then pretend that between the movies, Luke and Snoke had heart attacks and then everything makes sense. It's like it's that simple. It's just oh yeah, they they had heart attacks, and like the movie still makes perfect sense. Like yeah, it just they they don't they don't exist. Yeah, they died off screen. <clears throat> Anyways, what I, I am curious what else we got here because like I, I really like hearing George explain this because I think he does a really good job. He does, and we got another minute and ten seconds. So let's see what he's got. Okay. You can destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen this. It is your destiny. Join me. Together, we can rule the galaxy as father and son. And the Master knows that he's basically everybody below him wants his job. Your hate has made you powerful. Now, fulfill your destiny. Take your father's place at my side. All the way to overcome the dark side is discipline. The dark side is pleasure, biological. Hold on. I want to go back to this right here, where he's looking down at his robotic hand because he realizes that his father has followed the same path as him and has become more cybernetic than man and he's like I'm if I follow through with what the emperor is saying I'm going to become just like my father and I don't mm-hmm. want to do that I want to be a better man than my father yeah yeah there's a, there's a lot going on here uh, that leads him to, to turn his saber off and throw it away in defiance of I, I'd rather die than continue down this path and I, it's it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful imagery, beautiful way to do that. Like, um, you know, when the people that defend uh, the last Jedi are like, look, see, in episode six, Luke threw his lightsaber away. It's the same thing. It's like, no, no, it's not. It's not at all. This, there's a lot more going on in this scene rather than, hey, you know that lightsaber that you lost a long time ago? Here it is. Chuck. <laughs> like, that, is, that has no real... Uh, weight or meaning to it at all narratively where this scene has so much narrative weight that's been set up for the last two movies um you know with the the surprise reveal that their father and son and then that his sister and then learning more and more about the fact because like just right here he cut off vader's hand uh, and realized that Vader's hand was also a machine. That's the first time he's realized that he's not just a man in a suit. He's cybernetic. And he's he's able to see the mirror reflection in his own self. Uh, looking at his robotic hand. That's kind uh, of like a callback yeah. to the um, the tree in Empire. Where he, whenever he oh, cuts off yes. Vader's head, he sees that his himself. face is in the mask. Yes, because he... He, if he, like, I like that scene so much because Yoda said, he, or Luke says, what do I need to take with me? Or like, what, or what will 
what's there? And he's, uh, I think that's what he says. He actually says like, because uh, Yoda's like, hey, you need to go there. And then Luke's like, well, what is there? And Yoda says, whatever you bring. And Luke takes his lightsaber. He deliberately picks up his belt because he wasn't wearing it and puts it on to take his lightsaber down there. So he brought aggression. He brought the fight. And that showed him, that's why the tree showed him that he's Vader. Because if he continues down this path of thinking that he just has to kill everyone, you know, that he just has to, to literally end the lives of the people that he's fighting against, that he's not going to be any better than, than Anakin. He's going to go down the same path. Exactly. And Yoda, yeah, even so says, good. Don't, Yoda even says, do not take your weapon in there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he he actually says you it's whatever you bring in there, you, you won't even need a weapon. Don't take your weapon basically. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to take my weapon." And then all boom, Vader. Oh, and he beats him. Oh, wait, it's me. Exactly, Luke. It's you because you don't need to do this. You don't you're walking the wrong path. There's such good imagery within the series in the original trilogy. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, the original trilogy, especially, but the the prequels do have some good stuff in them too. They um, do. Not not gonna die, but dude, seven, eight, nine. If I I'll watch them again just to see what the moral lesson they're trying to teach me is, but I have a feeling it's some new age garbage. <laughs> Honestly, I believe that if if or there's nothing. Be- there's no message. That's the other thing is I feel like there's either no message or it's new age garbage. <laughs> thing is, if Ray had followed the path that was set out for her, she would have turned to the dark side. She wouldn't have continued being a Jedi. But yeah, easily. Halfway through episode nine, she stops and if some somehow, yeah. She stops somehow and <laughs> remains a Jedi. Yeah, right. Which with Luke, it makes a lot more sense because, I mean, this movie itself. <laughs> oh, give me a second. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, what I was saying was um, this movie itself, right? So, like, well, episode five, we had the whole scene where he. disobeyed Yoda, went down there with a lightsaber. He then disobeyed Yoda and Obi-Wan and went to rescue his friends. Uh, He lost to Vader, lost his hand, had to go through all this stuff. Then this movie starts out with him walking into Jabba's palace and choking people out and just killing them. And then like continuing to just kill all these people that, yes, you could say are, are villainous. But the way the movie was starting, it was like, oh, crap. Luke might be bad because if we watch what happened last time and we see what's going on here, he is totally walking down the path that his father walked down. And then we get to this scene and Luke himself realizes it and turns away. But we don't get that in the new movie with Ray. We don't ever get that. She literally is walking down the path of the dark side, doesn't have a moment of realization and just is the good guy. <clears throat> like just is. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's there's no moment of self-reflection of actually realizing that I need to do something different. It's just no, it turns out everything you were doing was peachy keens and rainbows and sunshines the whole time. And thing is, you can also have a comparison to Superman because 
listen, listen to this. This is this is Superman at his peak. It, wait. America was founded on the notion that a person should be free to follow his or her destiny. But we can't do that if we're living in fear of our own government. We need to reclaim this country for free men and women everywhere. Okay. That was nice. Superman, like Luke, is a virtuous hero. He falls within the four platonic Greek virtues of a hero. Yeah. And if we look at the modern heroes, they don't. They don't have any virtues whatsoever. They don't have courage. They don't have temperance. They don't have perseverance. And they don't have integrity. Yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. I think the 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 whatever people have all of a sudden taken over writing media are just writing nihilistic characters and saying they're heroes. Yeah, it's all nihilism at this point. Yeah, but but they're portrayed as heroes because the music's done right and the the footage is shot in the traditional way. You know that we've learned how to. Um, through movie like cinematography, you can portray someone as a good guy through certain camera angles and the way that you just light the scene and then music. And so all of a sudden we now have all these people that the writers are saying, look, they're a hero. But if you actually break down their moral character, you're like, no, they're not. That's not a hero at all. It's, it's like pure nihilism. It, it's terrible. And there's plenty of examples of it in modern cinema. And that's it, one of the reasons I've stopped caring about modern cinema. Exactly. And did you see what happened with Jordan Peterson and Red Skull? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red base? Skull, Red Skull, man, is all of a sudden like super based, enlightened, and like um, a man of of the people. You know, like he's he's for the traditionalism of of like. Uh, good morals, taking care of yourself, being self-sacrificial. Like all of a sudden, Red Skull is the hero in the new comics, and it's surprising. I, I'm really shocked that an author would decide to, um, you know, spin it on its head like that and make the villain actually the good guy. Now, I think that's an interesting writing style. Um, I haven't really seen that before. Yeah, and I, I know he didn't do it on purpose. On purpose, like no, no, not at all. To make Red Skull this no, the hero of the all. story. Yeah. No, not at all. It's it's more ironic than anything. Uh, I was just being facetious. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's the same thing. Apparently, like I was, uh, I haven't watched uh, what's it called, uh, uh, Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier. I haven't watched it. But uh, Tim Pool watched the whole thing, and then he broke it down. And it was essentially like the characters that they were trying to say were the bad guys. He was like, if you break down their moral characteristics, they're actually the good guys that are saying, be (laughs) pro-America. You know, like, we shouldn't have open borders. We should care about our country. We should care about others. And we shouldn't let other people judge us based on our races. And it's like, but if you look at how the writers are trying to write it and portray it, they're trying to say that those guys are actually the bad guys. And I was like, that's... That's interesting. I, I might have to watch it <laughs> just to see more people failing at writing villains. I thought, what the hell's with you? 
you can't even write and you think you have a style. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. You can't even write and you think you have a style. That is like all modern writers. <laughs> yes. That's like all modern writers. They can't even write, but they think it's their style. Their style is this like <clears throat> contrarian, um, I guess modernist, postmodern, this postmodern contrarian, uh, nice, n- narcissist, uh, narcissist, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's just cra- Like everything that's coming out has just been crazy. Everything that I've, I've seen, I'm just like, this is wrong. <laughs> like, I, you know, I've been just wanting some traditional, like I've really been craving some tradition. That's why I liked, uh, into the spider verse. Uh, so much as it, it was the most traditional thing I've seen. It was, and of an actual like is, hero's journey, going through a struggle and then coming out on the other end better than what he was before. But the thing is, Miles Morales will always just be Miles Morales. He won't be Spider Man because he isn't Spider Man, and a lot of people have pointed that out. Like we don't call Miles Morales Spider Man; we call him Miles Morales. Because well, I, that's Spider-Man. just because Peter Parker is Spider Man, and that's just traditional. Like that's that's nostalgia. It, but know. it's also that the comics did no justice to Miles Miles's character. Oh Miles no! Yeah, the no, they didn't. No, is, he's terrible in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I haven't really read them, but um, James, who's the co-host of my show, you you've met him. Uh, yeah. He is a huge Spider-Man fan. He read all the Miles Morales crap and then came back to me and said, he is terrible. And then we went and watched this Into the Spider-Verse movie and it was like, wow, Miles Morales is a good character now. <laughs> like, they fixed him in this movie. And I was like, oh, good. That's good to hear. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, he's in the co- his comic run was no good. From everything I've heard, it's no good. Uh, they did just a crappy job with it. But the movie actually portrayed him as a character. The movie did portray him as a character instead of his skin color, <clears throat> right? Which that was the that was just the big selling point was that he's uh, half black, half Mexican, and he's now Spider Man. It's like, wait, that's that's the selling point is just that he's a mixed kid that's Spider Man. But then the movie was like, no, 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 he's Spider Man, and we got to see him go through these struggles, and then at the end be triumphant. And it was like. Okay, cool. He's Spider Man. That's what's up. I'm super like excited about that. Uh, <clears throat> but anytime they do something like that, like anytime writers are just like, "Hey, we're not going to make a character out of him. We're going to make them just these." Uh, what, what would you call them? Um, not not just physical traits. It basically is just physical traits. That might be the best. Um, like, there's another word for it though. Super fit. Yes, that's exactly the word I was looking for. When writers come around and they say, look, here's these superficial traits. That's who the character is. It's like, no, that's not your character. That's that, that's that's, that's not that's not who you are. Yeah, those aren't that's not who you are. That's just what you are saying. I'm a half black, half Latino. That's not that's not your character. <laughs> like that, that isn't a character. You can't just say that's a character. That character sounds really stale. <laughs> Like you, what, what, what does he fear? What does he like? Well, what, what happens if some, if his family members put into danger, how does he react? Like those are how you get character traits right now is you got to put them in these perils and then show us how they react to them. 
not just say this is this is what they look like. Exactly, and that's one thing that I'm working on in my writing is because I am writing a story, and cool, that's what I'm up. writing a few stories actually, but one big story that me and Delander are trying to get out, and it is something that hasn't been done before, at least in the Western comics uh, sphere. I don't Please, even think uh, it's been done in manga. Um, okay, is it Eastern inspired? It is. It's manga. It's manga inspired. Yeah. Okay. Japanese I will, inspired art style. Uh, I, yeah. Okay. I do have to say, there's something I really appreciate about the Eastern writing style because it has stayed very traditionalist in the sense of this is a hero. A hero is someone who overcomes adversity. You know that they they fail and then they pick themselves up and they try again until they beat it. And even though it can get stale because there's a few like anime that I'll watch that I'll be like, oh, I've already seen this before, but it's like, Hey, at least they're doing it right in the sense that this character is weak, but they don't give up. And that's something we've lost in the West. All of a sudden we're just making these characters that it's like, dude, everything in front of them, they can just beat them like instantly. They're Mary Sue's they're, they're Gary Stu's instantly. Yeah. And that's one thing that I like about uh, manga, anime, manhwa, and uh, manhwa is they challenge themselves to a story. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, okay, what is this character going to do? Is, are they going to have these traits? How are they going to interact with these people and everything else about the whole world? They get it going, and then they build upon it as the story progresses. And then you find out things about them. That you find out traits about them, the superficial traits, but you understand their core components from the start. Yeah, I would say generally when it comes to the Western style stuff is the first thing you learn about them is the superficial. Just because it's like, you know, it, uh, it's an easy trick to get someone to want to keep engaging with someone or with, with the medium if they enjoy the way it looks, because I'll be the first to admit, I can be pretty snobbish <clears throat> when it comes to like art, you know, so if it doesn't look cool, I'm not going to pay attention to it. Uh, so you do start off with superficial, but within like the first 30 minutes to an hour, because, you know, if we're talking about manga, then we're talking about an, an anime, we're talking about something that goes over a medium of, of several hundred hours before you get to the conclusion. Uh, so like within the first hour and a half, you have to establish that character beyond the superficial in the first, like five minutes, superficial all the way, get me to like the appearance of everything, but then you've got to get me to like the character. Yeah. And there's some anime that do it very, very well. Like in Konosuba, you don't like Subaru in the beginning. But he starts to grow on you, and you see his struggle through everything, and you learn that he's conniving and perverted and a lollycon, but at the same oh, time... Geez. I don't know yeah. how I feel about any of this. I disavow. I but, disavow everything you're saying. But at the <laughs> I do same not time, agree. At the same time, he gets his comeuppance every single time one of these traits is presented in the story. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Of like, 
if you do if you do things that are morally wrong, you get punished. Yes. Interesting. And he learns to be a better person as the story progresses, though he does fall into the negative traits here and there. But I do he... I like the concept, but I'm gonna go ahead and still stand by disavowing whatever it is you're talking about. <laughs> <clears throat> You should you should watch Konosuba. Just give it a chance. There's two seasons in a movie. Each season is eleven episodes. The movie's an hour and a half. I uh, I mean, I'm actually no, I'm not, I'm not even gonna put it on my list. My list has like six hundred things I need to watch. I'm not Honestly, even gonna put it on the my, list. My list as well has <laughs> yeah. quite a few. Yeah, it's it's way too long. I I haven't uh gosh dang, I started the list like back in two thousand and nine. And I still haven't been able to catch up on it. <laughs> like right now, uh, I'm right now I'm reading um, Record of Ragnarok. I haven't heard of that anime, one. It's getting anime. It's getting an anime adapt, uh, adaptation. God, I cannot speak tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But what it is is every one thousand years or so, the gods determine if humans should continue living or be exterminated. And you have every god from every religion. And the head god is Zeus and is holding the meeting and humans are deemed to be unfit to continue living. Then you have the Valkyrie, who are the mediaries between the gods and the humans, uh, bring up that, hey, we can go into Ragnarok here, and the humans can challenge you to one-on-one fights to see who can win and see if they deserve a place in in the world still. And the gods... Except because they think it's going to be an easy task. And it is some of the best fight scenes in manga that I have seen. Because you have people like Jack the Ripper. You have Nikola Tesla. uh, And a whole bunch of other historical figures. Fight the gods of every pantheon. And Adam is in there. The first man. It, it definitely sounds pretty crazy. Um, I might check it out someday. <clears throat> I would but, like to see how this finishes since we have OS in a minute. <laughs> yeah, let, let, now that our tangent is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Our like forty-minute tangent. <laughs> discipline. The dark side is pleasure, biological, and temporary, and easy to achieve. The light side is joy, everlasting and difficult to achieve. Great challenge. Must overcome laziness, give up quick pleasures, and overcome fear, which leads to hate. Amen. Now let us pray. <laughs> Remember. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. I think that's it. <laughs> That was pretty good. <laughs> Amen. Now let us pray. <laughs> that was good. George. I mean, you heard him. Give up laziness. 
be yeah yeah don't hold on to the pleasures of biology basically give up the seven deadly sins you know sloth gluttony you know give that up and actually like he's basically parroting jordan peterson but before jordan peterson was popular well he's parroting traditional values yeah that's a good that's a better way to put it yeah because the same thing peterson's doing is parroting traditional values Exactly, and he, like, that's the whole point of Luke and the rest of the Jedi that are seen throughout the series. Let's yeah, see. absolutely. I, I hate to say it, but I, I do need to get going soon. So if you want to play that super special Halloween video uh, to finish it off before I leave, that would just be great. Absolutely. We'll get to the other ones later. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I didn't think that video would give us an hour to talk about it. So, clearly the other ones will give us more. Alright, this is it. This is the 1997. Uh, the This is the oldest footage of Alex Jones I've ever been able to find. Uh, and it's a Halloween special where he's carving a pumpkin, and it's so great. It's like he—he's even more—he's the most movable plant man on the planet. It's that simple. Like, look what, at this background. Why is he called? Wait, Bad Bob presents ho- pre-Halloween, nineteen ninety-seven. Well, this is this is uh, public access television. So I'm assuming someone paid money named Bad Bob um, you know to get their name up on the screen uh, during this portion uh, no I'm, I'm assuming not just for Alex Jones but like for the day maybe like Probably. Bad Bob was like hey I want advertisement for whatever it is like maybe he owns a Halloween shop <clears throat> costume shop or whatever you know uh but then the fact that, you know, we've got a skeleton, spider webs, a disembodied head in a basket on Alex Jones's desk as he is stabbing that knife <laughs> into that pumpkin <laughs> with with the most serious look on his face. Like he is he's really carving this thing, you know, like he's he's committed to it. It's 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 great. Let's yeah. let's see what let's see what he's gotta say. Yeah, yeah. Employment was. I come on public access and hang out. I'm on 24 hours a day, they say. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty close. Well, I can assure you, I don't make any money off public access. Oh, I can yeah. guarantee you that. Well, you guys have a good one. Hey, appreciate that call. Hello, caller, you on the air? Yes, Alex, how you doing? Pretty good. I was just kind of curious uh, uh, if it's true that uh, the police can uh, have uh, laser, laser uh, or infrared. Uh, Beams, if you if you want to call it, and they can project those into your house to basically. Yeah, the Austin Police Department's uh, last time I heard has twenty units with infrared. If you have enough of a heat source in your house, it'll it'll pick up the heat source and show a signature. It's called flare. It's 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 infrared or heat signature. And and uh, we didn't play all of the of the cut from the Lear's uh, from the uh, Lear News Hour, but it says yes, black helicopters. Um, are being used for surveillance of the public by sheriff's departments and police departments around the country. 
So that's real, and I'm going to play that tomorrow night from 8.30 uh, on past 10 on my Access Television show that's actually my show proper, just as an entertainment show. And I'm going to have a tax expert on. So you'll see the Lair News Hour, a short little cut for, for news reasons. That'll show you Lair News Hour saying, yeah, here's the black helicopters. The military uh, has sold them to the police departments all over the country. They've got thousands of them. They've got thousands of tanks and armored personnel carriers now. And uh, they don't say, by the way, all these people that have been kooks for 10 years telling you about it, now they're admitting they have black helicopters. It's a fact. Dude, I was so nervous he was gonna cut as that he was gonna cut himself in the face as he was waving that knife around. <laughs> I was so worried he's about to cut himself. I mean, flare is a thing that actually did occur. Yeah, no, no. Every everything he said was I don't I don't know about police departments have hundreds of black helicopters. That they, maybe not, but that's a little that's a little superfluous. Um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like some departments in some areas probably have black helicopters for the sake of like SWAT teams. Yeah, same with the tanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, yeah, I've seen them, but I mean, by tanks, they it, more accurately it's APCs. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not tanks the way that if if someone says tank, you think something that can shell out a a huge cannon to blow up a building. That you know, but tank also is a no. I don't want to say universal term. That's wrong. It's it, it's an encompassing term. You would know better than I. Uh, that means multiple types of vehicles and uh, armored carriers would be one of them. And I yeah. think that's more accurate to what the police have because I've seen footage of APCs in police use. Yeah, APCs are used even in my town here. Um... But they're used in very, very rare instances. Right, right. No, it it wasn't until, um, geez, I think it was either. T- I think it was sometime. I have to look that back up. But basically, um, this whole issue of the police becoming militarized started in either the seventies or the eighties, and it had to do with people that were robbing banks using explosives and taking hostages and using, um fully automated weapons and stuff. And the police was like, uh, the police in the areas were like, every time this happens, we're having, cause it, it became a big issue where it's like, we're having to actually call national guard and military in to deal with this. So we need to actually have the SWAT and they created the SWAT. And so since then, everyone's been panicking about militarized police because in high density areas, they started actually having a unit that had military tactics. But to me, it makes logical sense. It's like, well, you shouldn't, the whole, there was that whole issue a while back of uh, people calling SWAT on streamers. And now that is when it's like, okay, there's a problem here. SWAT is getting overutilized. <clears throat> but it's it's like, in one way, I'm like, I'm not sure if, if SWAT should be blamed, that the fact that they went instead of the police or if it should be on people doing prank calls, which is illegal technically to do something like that. Like to uh, like calling in a bomb threat when there's not a bomb threat, that's illegal. Calling the police when you don't need to call the police, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you're, not, you're not supposed to do that. And like I, I've seen live on stream that I've 
people getting swatted. Um, it's because they got doxxed during their stream or prior mm-hmm. to their stream, and then they said something that somebody in the stream didn't like, so the person decided to send SWAT to them. Or yeah, and so so I'm not sure. A joke, which is right, absolutely wrong. Right, it's well, both are absolutely wrong. But the the thing is, like, I don't know if I should point the the point the blame at at the SWAT team and be like, why are you responding to this? You know, why is it that the SWAT are so easy to call in on people? Or if I should just point the pe- point the finger at the the person that called them and be like, you grossly exaggerated. You know, because like, I don't know. It's either way, it's bad. I just don't know quite who. So uh, to point the finger at. So the way that the military and the normal state police departments or county or city police departments work, they have to respond to any call, and if you exaggerate a call. And say like somebody has uh, a whole bunch of weapons and they're threatening their neighbors and their loved ones and all this. They have to use what is believed to be the necessary force for that yeah, yeah. call. Yeah, the reasonable so, force for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so whenever it's found out that somebody called them and exaggerated a point or falsified a point... That person, their number is tracked, and mm-hmm. they will serve jail, jail time because it is illegal to call to falsify a report. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Right. It's a. It's technically a, a federal offense to falsify documentation, um, government documentation, to be more specific. So, like, if you're calling a police off the uh, the police department, and there is nothing, you know, you're calling the emergency line, you're calling nine one one. And there's nothing actually going on. Um, now, granted, there's a little bit of leniency because, I mean, sometimes people don't realize that there's if, if you have general questions and stuff like that, there's actually a nice little phone number. You can probably look up online for your local police department to where you can actually dial the police department and a uh, secretary will take your call and answer any questions you have, like potentially about the law, about the local law. If you're if you're just curious about something, they'll they'll take your questions. They'll answer them for you. Uh, really useful. Same thing with the IRS. You can call the IRS anytime you want to ask legal questions about taxes. Um, but like, so to dial nine one one though, um, I'm sure there's a bit of leniency for the sake of like ignorance. Um, but like one of the the worst things you could do is dial nine one one, and then when they answer, not say a word. That's that's when it gets to the because that. That comes across like you're in such a threatened position that you actually are like, all I can do is call you and we're going to track your phone and we're going to send basically the SWAT immediately over there to save you from a potentially a hostage situation. <clears throat> exactly. And I, I've called my county slash local police department, uh, depending on which one I needed to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. The count they usually don't really know anything about the local laws other than uh, a slight handful on yeah hand. yeah yeah <clears throat> uh, who you would really want to talk to is the town hall or your local representative slash lawyer 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely you're definitely right about that. But I've I've called um my local de- police department a couple times just to clarify a couple things before I go do them. You know. Uh, yeah, they they have know, a general like, understanding of right. The laws. And, it was like, hey, I'm kind of confused. Can I do this thing? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can. And it's like, you know, they're like, no, actually, you can't. I'm like, okay, never mind. I'm not going to go do that thing. Turns out that I was ignorant of that, and now I'm not. <clears throat> you know, like, because um, Tennessee, uh, uh, at the end of this month, so July 1st, we've actually uh, passed, uh, uh, what do you freaking call it? Um, I forget what the actual law is called, but they're they're passing a law. Uh, where you can carry, or you can open carry or conceal carry a gun without uh, a license. So, constitutional like, carry. That's it, yeah, constitutional carry. They're passing constitutional carry at the end of the month. Um, but then, there was also that time <clears throat> where out of nowhere, they were like, yeah, you can't hold your phone anymore, which Georgia did first, but then all of a sudden, it came to Tennessee. And so, that's one of those things where it's like, let me call up and make sure has it hey is this uh is this a thing yet <laughs> you know and it's like no no not until whatever date and it's like oh, okay cool you know yeah and now you can just ride around tennessee and weapons are part of my religion exactly weapons can be part of your religion now yeah there's a constitutional carry so we don't have to um register any of our firearms we don't have to go to any training courses to use them we, if you buy it um, you know, obviously going through the the proper channels. Uh, yeah, the proper channels. You know, having to still get your federal background check and everything. But once you've done that, uh, you can conceal carry a gun at all times oh. without any repercussions. Uh, next time that I have you on, I want to talk to you about uh the new ATF rulings on eighty percent lowers because I have a video for that. And I don't. I, would... I don't actually know what you're talking about. So maybe you could send me something so I could read up on it because I don't I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? <clears throat> no, eighty percent on ATF, eighty percent on lowers. I don't know what that means. No, 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 no. ATF ruling on eighty percent lowers. Uh, yeah, I'll, I don't I don't know what that means. You, I'll explain it to you later. Uh, oh, okay. And then get your whole uh, thoughts on it. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm definitely pro gun. Like extremely pro gun. Same. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, like I, if I wanted to own a tank, I should be allowed to. Kind of pro gun. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I should be allowed to have military grade weaponry at any point that I want. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's like some of it's a bit excessive, but it's like, yeah. But if they can have it, I should be able to have it. <laughs> like, it's as simple as that. It like for real. But we'll we'll get in, we'll get into more of that some other time. Yeah, uh, but I, I am gonna have to call it a night. That was a lot of fun. I'm I, I'm really surprised that that uh, like five minute video <laughs> turned into an hour and a half. Uh, but that was yeah, that was good. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. it was honestly really good. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna shill real quick that uh, anybody that watches this, you should check out the Bear Thing Show. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and BitChute. Uh, both under the Bear Thing Show, uh, we're trying to open up some more stuff. You should uh, also really... on Odyssey as well. Yeah, I'm going to try and get all of it, man. I'm going to try and get all of the good third party. You know, like uh, no Facebook, no Twitter, uh, no Instagram, none of, none of that garbage. I'm trying to get to all these um, 
off. I'm trying to also get off YouTube and I, just move everything to other platforms that are um, de- decentralized platforms. Yeah, and like as soon as Rumble opens up streaming to oh, that'd be dope. Everybody instead of their top paid, which is five hundred dollars a freaking month. Oof, uh, yeah, can't do that because it's in beta right now. So they are like. Oh, the people that pay five hundred dollars a month for uh, getting their channel promoted are able to live stream, and then we're going to start implementing it to everybody else because they're trying to get all all the uh, kinks out of it. Yeah, I was going to say that's a. I mean, it's a steep. It's a steep price, but that is a good way to um, funnel in for a beta to be like, hey, here's a price wall that you know, so people can't just come in and troll and. You know the rabble. The rabble can't just get in. It's people that are dedicated that have the spare income. That ma- that makes sense to test the infrastructure, but that is pretty uh, extreme. But as soon as Odyssey, Rumble, Bitshoot, and all the other decentralized platforms have live streaming, I will be moving over to them as well. Word, yeah, that's that's my plan. I'm so far. I'm only on uh, YouTube and Bitshoot. Um, but I'll be doing more. But yeah, the Bear Thing show on both uh, should be pretty easy to find uh, if you just type the whole thing out. If you if you type it partially out, you're going to find Care Bears uh, and crap like that. So definitely have to type the whole name in, unfortunately. I've also but, put a link in the description as well. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, the last thing, uh, last thing that could just came out uh, yesterday is we were talking about um, the church becoming a business. Uh, and that that's not a good idea uh, with my special guest. So that's that's definitely something you guys should check out if you're interested. And, uh, before that, we talked about eugenics. Uh, we've also talked about some um, the bid- the biggest video game crime scandal. Uh, that was a few weeks ago. I need um, to watch that one. I haven't watched that one. I watched the eugenics and the one that came out early yesterday. Yeah, which uh, I like both of those, but the video, the biggest video game crime scandal is uh that's a, that's a pretty crazy thing to learn about. Um, but yeah, so like we we talk very broad, uh, no real set topic except for uh, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars happen to come up all the time, and we we try to not talk about them too much. We try to limit that to once a year, uh, but those those just happen to come up a lot because James and I are really really big into Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. I mean, uh, that's kind of like me and Delander. Me and Delander <laughs> get into Star Wars and comics all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, like, especially when it's not related, right? Where it's like we're talking about this one thing. It's like, you know, that reminds me of Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, all the time. And then we go on for like an hour talking about it. Anyways, but we've, we've been working on that. We've, but we're um, two years in. There's over 130 episodes. So, like, there's no lack of content. Uh, the quality might not be good, but there's plenty to binge. You mean like the <laughs> first two years? Yeah, yeah, we have two yeah two years worth of content. Uh, where it's basically uh, we t- we took some small breaks here and there, but there's uh, around 130 videos, uh, ranging between 10 minutes and uh, an hour and a half a piece. So there, you know, it's all there. Uh, it's all crazy. It's not great audio quality, but we talk about everything. Everything from local bands, uh, 
back when we were in local bands, the current local bands, Apex Legends, other video games we like, Star Wars, philosophy. Is there absolute truth? Like, is there moral, uh, objective uh, truth, universal seat truth, all that? Yeah, seatbelts, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, we do we we go on anything. We talk about anything. So, if anybody wants to check that out, by all means, please do. And thanks for having me again. And I can't wait to do this. Uh, I feel so honored that I've gotten to actually, it's timed out well that I've been able to be on these first three streams, man. Uh, definitely yeah. keep it up and keep inviting me. If I can make it, I'll definitely join. It's it's always fun. Every time <clears> I set up a stream, I'll just send you a link. Yeah, definitely keep doing it where you sent it to me early <laughs> so that I have time to prepare. But yeah, it's been awesome, man. All right. I will see you later. All right. Have a good night and have a good night, everybody else. Bye. Bye.